Blog Talk Radio. Now on Blog Talk Radio, you're listening to Wine Talk with Stu the Wine Guru. Wine Talk for today, Wednesday, October 6th, 2010. It's 7 p.m. Eastern, and I'm your host, Stu the Wine Guru, coming to you live from beautiful Coral Springs, Florida, as I always do. I want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for getting the word out about my show. Welcome to all of you listening worldwide. As you know, I will take your calls anytime during the show at 1-646-381-4860 or email me your questions at info at stewthewineguru.com. You can also go into my chat room here on the web show page and chat with other wine enthusiasts. Or if you have Twitter, tweet me any questions you like at stewthewineguru.com and add hashtag or pound sign FTWG to the end of your question, and I'll read them live on the show. I call that the power of the people meets the power of the Internet. Now, if you want to find out more about me, just Google Stu the Wine Guru. You can find the websites, videos, articles, and shows I'm currently a part of. Speaking of articles and reviews, I'm writing wine articles and reviews for Yahoo and The Examiner, so look for those as well. I've made a Wine 101 video series that can be viewed on YouTube, my website, and just about everywhere else on the web, so look for those as well. You're listening to Student Wine Guru on blogtalkradio.com. I think you already knew that already, right? Yeah. So from time to time, I've told you about having on wine-related companies to broaden horizons of my show's content and to create awareness of great companies in the process. So tonight, my guest, who's sponsoring the show, is a widely recognized authority in the wine and olive oil industry. He's a contributor to Olive Oil Times, He travels the world visiting the world's finest olive oil farms to source product. He also travels to the top vintners of the world to discuss wine. He holds a master level certification for Rhone and Provence wines from the French Wine Society. His company is called Crush and Press. His name is Bill Sanders, and he'll be with us shortly. Of course, the number to call in is 1-646-381-4860. Zero, or if you're shy and you prefer the computer, email me your questions for both Bill and I to info at stewthewineguru.com. As I mentioned, you can tweet your questions to stewthewineguru on Twitter and add hashtag or pound sign at the uh, pound sign STWG at the end of your question, and I'll read it live on the show. As always, I've opened a chat room here for the listeners to go into and chat. You can also ask questions of Bill or myself, and I'll check into the chat room periodically during the show to get answers for you. In a world where there are many wine experts and know-it-alls, there's only one Stu the Wine Guru, and he'll be right back. 
Well, first off, I want to thank the listeners who have followed me on Twitter. I am enjoying the immediacy and the ability to talk with you directly. I like to give updates in real time, and my guests are doing the same to promote the show, so thanks to Twitter and social media. Recently, I attended the Molly Duker tasting event at Morton's in Miami. I want to personally thank Sparky and Sarah Marquis and Sparky's mom, Janet, for inviting me. The event was great. Thanks to all my tweeps who came out and said hi to me. It was great meeting all the Molly Duker enthusiasts. The wines were fantastic, and I look forward to having Sparky and Sarah on my show this coming March. Also, for all of you wanting to know what events I'll be attending so you can meet me like my tweets did at the Molly Duker event, October 15th and 16th, I'll be at the Miami International Wine Fair. I'll be covering the whole event, interviewing winemakers, exhibitors, keynote speakers, and even attendees. So come down, meet me, and say hi. Since I'm a media sponsor for the Miami International Wine Fair, I was able to work out an incredible deal for all my listeners. When you purchase your tickets online at www.com, MiamiWineFair.com, put in the discount code STWG and receive a 20% discount off your ticket purchase. Even better, if you've been listening and following me on Twitter, then you know that I'll be giving away free two tickets to the Miami Wine Fair, each radio broadcast from now up until the fair. So all you have to do to win them is to call into the show, and I'll pick a caller at random, maybe that's you, to win the tickets. All right, so remember, if you have any questions, I have answers and tickets to give away. So call me at 1-646-381-4860 or email me at info at Go into the chat room and voice your opinion. Of course, you can get on Twitter and tweet your questions to at SueTheWineGuru. Remember to add hashtag or pound sign STWG at the end of your question so I'll know to ask it to Bill. Let me make sure that everyone listening knows Bill's website and go there for more information about his great gourmet products. To learn more about Bill and Crush and Press, go to www.crushandpress, that's C-R-U-S-H-A-N-D-P-R-E-S-S.com, and you can buy his high-quality oils and gourmet products directly from him. So, without further wait, let's bring on my guest for the night, Bill Sanders of Crush and Press. Bill, welcome. Hello, Stu. How are you? I am fantastic, Bill. And you? I am great. I'm actually in all Kentucky right. as we speak. Ah, all right. Your your hometown, I take it, no? Well, close. Yes, a hometown. Yes, I'm a, <laughs> I'm Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky bred. So, gotcha. It's always well, I want good to, to thank be home. you for joining me on the show, and I am and having a chat with my listeners and telling them about your great company and products. It's great to have you here tonight, Bill. Well, it's happy. To, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very honored. Excellent. Honored to be talking to you, sir. All right. So so let me start off with my questions for you because I do have some tweeted questions. I have some email questions from around the world. I've got uh, some people in the chat room. Hopefully they'll be chiming in, so we'll see what happens. Um, so you're a graduate of the University of Kentucky, by the way, uh, College of Law. How do you get into wine and olive oil? <laughs> I've got to know this. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess sometimes life is what you do with Plan B. Um, actually, I... Uh, um, was in banking for years, but being here in Lexington, Kentucky, um, I was also very involved in thoroughbred racing. And so ah. you're going to see there's a common agricultural thread, and I would say a very glamorous, you might say, more high-profile uh, agricultural thread. I don't think I could ever get into soybeans and corn. <laughs> and so I was right. in uh, involved for about 20 years in thoroughbreds, in thoroughbred racing. Uh, but uh, and then I became kind of one of these health Nazis. I went to a Tony Robbins, uh, uh, his life mastery program, uh, a master university program, and started running marathons, started becoming this kind of a little, you might say, obsessed with healthy eating. And, and that brought me to olive oil as, as a way of trying to find ways to add variety to your diet. And then I started right. exploring that, and I went to UC Davis and went to a tasting school, did very well there, finished third in the tasting uh, uh, competition and at, at the school. And then after that, I thought, you know, if I can taste olive oil, wine's got to be a whole lot more fun. And <laughs> there I went to CIA Greystone and, and uh, spent some time there as well. Right. Interesting. I, you know, that's, a, that's a, the thread that you're, you're, you're kind of threading through there is a, kind of a very in- interesting one to follow. Um, Okay, so, you know, 
I read up a little bit, of course, about your bio. I wanted to know all about you. And I came across this sentence, and, I, and I, you have to kind of qualify this for me. So how do you train in sensory evaluation of olive oil? Well, it's, it's actually there are a lot of parallels with wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both a juice. You know, they're juice. They come from a fruit. So right. the process for evaluating is, is really quite, sim- uh, quite similar. We, you actually will, we pour um, a little in a, in, a, in a cup. In fact, professionally, it's a blue cup because, believe it or not, color has, is totally irrelevant with olive oil. And professionally, really? they put it, yes, it's, uh, some of the, the uh, European companies put chlorophyll leaves in there uh, so it'll uh, be gr- uh, have a green color because most Americans think that olive oil should be green, and that's not really true, doesn't necessarily. That doesn't, isn't you an heard indication it here first, of quality. <laughs> and and so, you, you, so you would swirl it like you would wine to open it up, to open up the aromatics. And then you take, you know, just do your, as I do, my, my little short sniffs and a long sniff, just like I would with wine, and, and then go through my my suggestions of descriptors and the descriptors you would use with olive oil are really a little more i think they're much more uh, restricted but you can use whatever metaphor you want here but one is would be banana going from green banana over all the way over here to a very old ripe mushy yellow banana or a, you know a green granny smith apple over to a, a you know an old uh, yellow uh, you know mushy yellow uh, delicious apple uh, and right. there's lots of others, you know, flor- you know the floral uh, aromas, uh, artichoke, tomato leaf, uh, things of that nature, and, and that's and that is a measure of fruitiness. There are three things okay. in terms of it. fruitiness is number one, and that's the nose. And then number two, you you know, put it in your mouth, slush it around like we would with wine, and that measures right. bitterness on the tongue. And then thirdly, we finish with uh, this is where it's different from wine, is once you swallow, you actually breathe through your teeth to actually, br- you know, bring uh, air in contact with that oil, and that measures pungency or pepperiness in the back of the throat, as the Italians would call grip. Right. And, and all of that bitterness and pungency, though, those are, are positive attributes of olive oil. Well, that's and certainly you- a sensory evaluation, without a doubt, 101. Yeah, that's it. too bad we don't have a taste of vision as, as Emerald with her, or smell of vision. <laughs> taste of vision and smell of vision. Boy, that, that, that could get a little dangerous, my, my, my friend, as far as radio goes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, okay, so I'm, I'm going to go a few more questions that I have, and then I'm going to go into some of the questions that other people had as well. Um, so explain to my listeners the health benefits of good quality extra virgin olive oil. Olive oil, now it's a top quality, premium quality olive oil. All olive oils are not the same, but good quality olive oil. Number one is nature's rustoleum. Look at it. That okay. Way. Uh, you know, you got to run your car. You run your. You know, our parents and you know, father always beat my head. You know, put oil in the car keep good oil in the car. It's no different from our bodies. We need good oil. Uh, Olive oil carries all the antioxidants. And what we call is the polyphenol component. Those are the antioxidants. The vitamin E has the most powerful form of vitamin E uh, on earth, uh, tocopherol. And that's the uh, new millennium's anti-aging drug. So that that whole polyphenol antioxidant component is, is, is huge. And it's such a natural product. Um, and that's why it, it's, it's so useful in the prevention of cancer and, and heart disease and, and, other forms of, uh, uh, and other forms of disease. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's amazing. I mean, and not unlike the, the uh, resveteral that you have in uh, wine, which also has the same kind of component. To that's exactly. Okay. Again, so that's one of parallel. the powerful parallels. In fact, okay. it's a great story. If I could share a story with talk about sure, the health please. benefits, is is there was, in 1965 there was Madame Jean Clement, 
she was in France. Uh, okay. She was 90 years old at the time. And at the time, it was it was customary for people, if they wanted an apartment, to be to get dibs on that, stand in line when that person passed away, you paid a stipend. So this French lawyer was paying $500 a month to to get dibs on her on her apartment when she uh, passed away. So he okay. paid it for a year, paid it for two years, paid it for 10 years, and then paid another 10 years, and then finally, death came to the lawyer. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I love that. And she lived to be 123 years old, and she and she was re- quite renowned in the press. And and she, but she her answer was always the same. What do you attribute your longevity to? She said olive oil and red wine. Interesting. Very interesting story. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you you're hearing it out there, everybody. So uh, you know, get out your uh, go out there and get some olive oil from uh, from Crush and Press. And uh, and that reminds me, we have uh, we have a commercial sponsor here. So I have a commercial for you. Hold on. Crush and Press offers a variety of handcrafted gourmet products, from olive oil and olives to artisan salts, spices mustards, vinegars, and desserts. Anything you choose is of the highest quality. Go to www.crushandpress.com and you'll find a great selection, rich quality of product, and easy online purchasing. Well, we're back. So, um, as we were just discussing that great little anecdote, which I uh, thought was very, very good, uh, Bill had mentioned that there's definitely some longevity that can be had for uh, for using and uh, I guess cooking with it, of course. And actually, you can put it into anything. I mean, you can put it into uh, well, it salad. is in it. right. And you know, you know, Stu. One of the things that people always come up to me, and I always, and when I'm when I'm uh, conducting uh, demonstrations, they'll come up to me and say. I always cook with olive oil, and I use it in my, on my salads. But right. olive oil is so much more than that. It's so much more. It, you, want to, you want to drizzle. You want to drizzle the olive oil over your food after you cook with it. You know how chefs layer in their, their flavoring, their seasoning, throughout the yeah. cooking process? It is a wonderful way for the home cook who doesn't have the time to to prepare that gourmet meal every night. You've got 30 minutes to fix a meal for your family. Cooking with the olive oil and coming back and drizzling at the end adds flavor, freshness, and health benefits in. So it's more than just, you know, bread dipping, salads, and cooking. It's, as I say, it's, a, it's not only a lubricant, it, uh, it's a condiment. Well, and, you know, I wanted you to touch upon that, if you would. Uh, maybe you can make some suggestions to my listeners as to you know what they could use it for, in addition to the the standard uh, thing as you mentioned, people put it on their salad dressing and they cook with it. But what are the other applications that would be uh, you know beneficial taste wise and gourmet wise? Well, yeah, let, let me uh, share a couple that people don't really think about. Um, one is is in fact uh, Manfredi Barbera, who is in in uh, Sicily and and is produces Frantoia, one of my products. We talked about this when I visited him in Sicily in March, and and he loves to you know we all love a, bit, a good steak on the grill. Absolutely. And you take that steak off the grill with that good caramelization, and you take a little lemon, fresh lemon, and some good quality sea salt. And then drizzle just a little bit of olive oil, olive oil over that, and it just brightens it up. It gives that freshness, just that contrast to that caramelization. And you know, I just did it this past Saturday night with the steak, and it just it does. It just lavens it up. Interesting. And that's, uh, yeah, and that's just that's one application that you don't really think okay. of, but but you really think of it always as finishing, is always a way of garnishing, uh, of finishing after you cook. Um, okay. I, I think that's you know that's just a general rule of thumb. It's Italian ketchup. Got it. Well, that's a great way of looking at it. I like that. Uh, I'm gonna. You don't mind if I steal that from you? Italian ketchup. Oh, hey, you, you know you can steal anything from me, so no problem. <laughs> Honey, it's not stealing. Italian it's ketchup? called sharing. Sharing, sharing. Did I say stealing? I meant sharing. Sharing, of course. <laughs> um, okay, so so you know you just got back from France. And I, what I'd like you to do, if you would, is just tell tell my listeners a little bit about what you did there, 
uh, and some of the experiences that you had, because I'm, I'm sure they would definitely appreciate it. Uh, yes, yeah, so this was uh, for uh, a trip for wine educators. I'm um, quite involved with the French Wine Society as, as chair. I was chair of their annual conference this past summer, and as as a wine educator, I was selected to uh, participate in a tour sponsored by Interone, which is the marketing wing for the Rhone, and and also which is Chateau Neuf de Pop, which actually they're they're separate. So we started with, uh, there were 15 of us from the U.S. and Canada, and we started with, on the uh, 18th of September, uh, with two days in Chateauneuf-du-Pop. Not a bad way to start. Very nice. And we actually, uh, yeah, I was just, <laughs> I, I've been there, this is my uh, third time in Chateauneuf-du-Pop, and you never get, you know, you keep peeling more onions, more layers of the yes. onion of this, there's no question, you never get enough of it. But we had one experience that we had brunch on Sunday in the dungeon of the of the uh, Pope's uh, residence, old summer residence there at the top of Chateau Neuf de Pop. Interesting, nice. And boy, they rolled out. Oh my gosh, the wines were just uh, you know. I, you know, and the thing is, I, one of the things I I came away with there from Chateau, I need to drink more Chateau Neuf de Pop Blanc. Ah, I think one of the stars was the Chateau Neuf. North uh, 2000 and 2001. But then after those wow. two days in Chateau Neuf, we uh, uh, then embarked on a, uh, wow, uh, <laughs> uh, start at 9 in the morning and, and really finish at midnight. Uh, we went to Tabel and went through all the wonderful uh, wine, spent an entire morning in Tabel, uh, which I think is just amazing uh, uh, rosés. And actually I learned something. You don't say Tabel rosé. You just say Tabel. It's a Tabel. And it's a given. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Got it. No, no, no. I mean, I didn't know that. That's that. I didn't either. That was something we we all learned. And so we said, yeah. And it's it's the reddish pink you'll ever drink. Um, <laughs> and then we uh, went over to Luberon. We spent the night in Gord. Uh, we were in, in the Luberon area and uh, had uh, an, and spent a morning uh, with with the vineyards there. Then we moved up north to. This is what was so great about the trip. There, we went to some villages that I would have not been to before and would probably never go to on a, a trip on my own. Uh, 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 uh you know, and, and Lodon. Uh, is just, you know, it's northwest uh, of, of uh, Chateau Neuf de Pas and mm -hmm. uh, really some very wonderful wines. And then we did Massif du, du Chau. Another one that I would never visit, um, and the Couteau Tricastan, uh, which now has changed its name. Oh boy, if we can all remember this, Grignon Les Ademer. If I don't think somebody wow. from Madison Avenue helped them with that. Um, and then <laughs> we, yeah, then we moved north to my beloved Northern Rhone, which I'm just uh, this is my fourth trip there. I just I just think the wines up there have such a soul to them. And we were in Saint Joseph. Uh, um, we oh. met, you know, had it uh, morning with Chapoutier and, and, and lunch there. Uh, Laurent Corbis in in in, um, uh, in Saint Joseph. We had a wonderful morning, you know, over on Cornas while they were actually yes. picking. The, they were actually harvesting. Um, that must uh, have been nice Syrah. to see, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're not. Yeah, it was just such a treat to actually be there when they're they're picking the fruit and and right. then. Then of course we had to go to the top of Hermitage Hill, which is I think probably the, to me one of the if not the most magical wine icon in the world. I just it, yes. you have got to go there if you've never been. Every wine lover needs to hike Hermitage Hill. Yes, I've heard. I had not been there. I've heard. So uh, so that's anyway, that's that that's so you can see that was quite a that was quite a, a week. You were busy. Oh, yes. To say the least. Yeah. So um, I want to get a little bit into the products that you offer as well. So if you want, um, I have in my chat room uh, your website. So this way anyone going into it can click on it directly and go. Again, mm -hmm. www.crushandpress.com. Um, if you would, just tell us about how you find or source the products that you offer. Well, I've been I've been uh, around the olive oil world for 
about 11 years, actually. Mm-hmm. And these are oils. Most of these oils I've been really, have been familiar with for and working with for at least 10, 11 years. Um, for instance, um, Rabida is from Sicily. Um, that is, I call it my uh, my desert island oil. Uh, it's, if I had to pick one, that would probably be, if I had strand on a desert island, that would probably be it. <laughs> Uh, but these are outstanding producers, and you know I've worked with different uh, with importers. Uh, and actually, it's the guy that kind of got me started in all of this many years ago with Global Specialty Foods, um, uh, John Magnuson at Atlanta, who's been in 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 this game for 30 years. Uh, he's been my mentor, and he's actually handles all the fulfillment uh, for for all of our product. And okay. these are these are all a state, as what I call a state oils uh there's a lot of olive oil out there there's on the market that i would say is less than stellar uh there's Mm -hmm. a lot of what we call bulk oil it's bottled uh by some supplier generally over in europe um shipped over here it's in your mass supermarket uh, uh, uh uh supermarkets it does not have those health benefits that i was talking about earlier it's just they're just fat and these no oils are all the juice. They're fat and the juice. And right. these are folks that, that they own the trees themselves uh, for the most part, and they and these trees are, the, are their family. And, you know, it's, right. it's, again, it's these same parallels with wine. Absolutely. It's a small grower who's that boutique grower who gives it the care and attention that's so important with olive oil you've, because you've got to get that fruit from the tree to the mill quickly, or it oxidizes. Okay. So that would be the olive oils. Now, I know that you, and I've mentioned this before, you carry other things as well. Correct. Do you want to talk about some of the salts and the and the Yeah, mustard? some of these salts are pretty amazing. The Florida Soul, from, as I think most people are, if they have, a, uh, or any gourmand at all, they, they understand uh, uh, Florida Soul, which is, I think, gray salt, uh, some great uh, Sicilian sea salt, and these are healthy yeah. salts. You know, I think salt gets a, really a bad rap in in our society today, and in, in, in the press, we lump just like with all we lump all these things in as one. And you know, there's no heat, there's no you know heavy duty processing, no chemicals used uh, in in, 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 in processing these salts. They're they're right. natural, just like these olive oils. There's no chemicals used with these. These products, there's nothing. These are as natural as can be, and they're actually have all these trace minerals. They're actually quite healthy, and not to mention incredibly flavorful. And that's important to mention because uh, people that are going out to discern the differences uh, between the two will will now know that uh, you know yours are both natural and, as you said, um, you know the olive oil is fr- the parallel between a vineyard. Where the you know it's family grown and all that same thing with the olive oil same type of uh, growers that you deal with companies that you deal with and the salt as you mentioned you know the problem is that I think people have a bad rap about sodium and you know the level of it exactly. and like anything in life anything in life everything in moderation so you know you need to have sodium in your diet uh, you don't need a lot of it you don't need an overkill. But you, you have to it have it. It's an important. It is in, absolutely important to have a, a, a quality sodium in, in your diet. Yes, but, absolutely. So, but I, you um, know, my favorite one, of my favorite quotes of Robert Mondavi: "Everything in moderation, with a few glorious exceptions." <laughs> yes, <laughs> Robert Mondavi. Yes, that man was uh, unbelievable when it comes down to uh, the things that he had done for the wine industry. And so, uh, his. And, I, I, I like to hear some of his quotes. More often, you get a lot of people could take a, a chapter from the page of business, uh, a lot of different industry, just from what he's uh, what he's done. Um, I have some tweeted questions from you for you, I should say. Sure. Uh, let's see. so let's go through some of those. Uh, the Wine Hub um, says, and this is basically the way it was put. Ask him if he thinks that the U.S. is capable of producing wines with. I'm going to see if I pronounce this correctly. Uh, Gut de terroir, as the French claim to do? Great question. Uh, <laughs> I listened to Randall Graham on your show a few weeks ago, and he said no. 
<laughs> I thought yeah. it was pretty incredible a statement that he made. Yeah. Um, uh, coming from him, um, I think you know, I, the thing is, I I think there are some wonderful producers. I mean, I love French wine. I, I'm an old world. My palate is, I think, very old world. I'm very old world. But there's certainly are producers in California and in Oregon uh, that I think are just you know, producing some superb wines, uh, whether they're that real terroir-driven, uh, you know, I think it's, um, they're pretty exceptional. I think it's certainly, I think it's certainly possible, um, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, um, you know, but I, I think maybe one of the differences is, is like, like in the Northern Rhone, these guys, you know, you Michel Chapoutier, he's really large, but he's seven generations. Laurent Corbis, uh, the Jamais brothers, these guys all have in their DNA, uh, yes. you know, for generations. You know, they're not, you know, they didn't sell a software company to Microsoft, <laughs> you know, and build a monument. You know, these guys, right. you know, uh, um, Very good you know, they, you go there and they just put a board across a couple uh, of, uh, of a barrels like I did with Stefan Robert and, and Domaine Tunnel and, and Saint Bernard Max Cornas, you know, and then they just put the wines up there on that board. I don't know, there's something about that that has brings a little soul. Maybe it's my Kentucky agricultural roots uh that bring that out. And I think that's that's something that but the the one the the producers in California, Oregon that I really respect and that are do seem to have that type of I I don't know, DNA if that's the, maybe it's the best way no, to that's, describe that's, that's them. That's a good choice. No, that's a good choice of words. I, I, I was, I kind of, I tend to agree with you. I think what it is is, you know, you're looking. Think of wine uh, when you're comparing the French to the U.S. We'll just say the U.S., not, not any particular region. But think of wine. I've said this to people many times, and I think there's an, uh, an across-the-board agreement or uh, or feeling of uh, that, that that this is correct. But think of it like as architecture, and the way you look at it this way is. You know, there's architecture of thousands of years in Europe, everywhere, everywhere you look, that's still standing. And there's architecture of hundreds of years here in the United States. So even though we make phenomenal wine, everywhere you look and everywhere you go, you still have to think about the fact that the people that are making wine in Europe, a good portion of them have been making them six and seven generations. And when you Correct. say it's in the DNA, that's right on the money. It just is. So, you know, I don't say that they necessarily have a better take on it. I just think that they've been doing it longer. So there is a, a, a tendency to have, um, I don't know, a, a little bit more, they've gone through the mistakes. They've made the mistakes that they need to make. You know, you know if you look at UC Davis, uh, some of the top people who've come out of there have been really over the past maybe 40 years, tops, mm-hmm. 40, 50 years, 40, 40 right. years really. 50 years would be would really, really be pushing it, but 40 years. So that's you know, and and I just picked UC Davis because naturally a lot of the great, a lot of great winemakers out of California have come out of there. So I'm just choosing that as as the U.S. representative. But well, yeah. here, here, here's, here's one something I don't think we did necessarily see when we're here in the states. Uh, on our final night at dinner. Very nice, exclusive restaurant outside Tainal Hermitage up in northern Rome. Pierre Clapp had dinner with us. And, you know, mm-hmm. he's Mr. and his dad or you know, the kings of Carnas. Looked at his hands at dinner. They were so stained that he looked right. like an old – his hands looked like the hands of an old automo- automobile mechanic. Gotcha. So you know, really I don't know. And you know, yeah, yeah. folks would tell you, say, you know, our vines—they really don't get the character until they're about twenty or twenty-five years. Imagine. And, uh, boy, <laughs> Americans, you know, we're, we're, we we have a microwave society. We want it all now. That's uh, true. Very, very true. So I'm I'm going to go to a, an, another commercial spot since we are mm-hmm. sponsoring tonight. One moment. Crush and Press is the source for the best selection of the finest olive oil available with the polyphenol component in them. 
Only the freshest olive oil is offered from Crush and Press. Go to www.crushandpress.com and purchase your choice of olive oil from California, Chile, France, Spain, Tunisia, or Italy. No matter what country the olive oil is from that you purchase from Crush and Press, you can count on it being the finest quality available anywhere. So I have some more. Uh, I have another tweeted question for you. Uh, okay. From Joel Hopland, or actually I think it's uh, Joel Clark, uh, from uh, Rodney Strong. Oh, and okay. it says, how is the harvest looking in Chateau de Neuf-de-Pop? Uh, this year, Bill Sanders show. There uh, uh, is excellent. I, I think they're comparing it to 2001. Uh, mm-hmm. It may be a little wow. smaller crop, but that's pretty good. If it's 2001, I think I think we'll be very happy. Um, now we were. I just got a from Mike Rickton, who was one of our tour guides. Um, um, for the first couple, I got an email from him the other day, and, and he he said there were all racing to get the fruit in because rain was on the way. And I know when we were right. up in Cote Roti uh, with Vidal Fleury, they said they thought they had a five-day window uh, because a storm was moving in. I haven't heard since, but they it was it's it's it looks like they're going to have back-to-back good vintages. Excellent, you know, excellent, I, excellent. Good news to hear. So okay, so let me give, go. So I have a couple more. I have well, a lot more questions actually for you. Um, this is an email question that has been coming in, uh, and I'll just let you know, Bill, I get them, and as they come in, I kind of scan through them and, and then just read them to you. So this is live. So mm-hmm. first up is from uh, Zayed676 from Khartoum, Sudan. Wow. Okay. Great show. I use olive oil all the time. Bill, my question is, what country responsible is responsible for better quality oil? I'll continue to listen for upcoming shows. Thanks. Khartoum. Bill, cartoon, they call it, they're emailing. Them. Yeah, well, there's, there's great olive oil being produced everywhere. Uh, this is always uh, in, in a, a debate, and, and, and I, I contend that olive oil is not, let's get away from the nationalism behind olive oil. I, I think it's very hard to, to say, um, you know, one country is the best. Uh, there's wonderful oil being produced all over the world, and there's also very bad oil being produced. I mean, Italy, you know, Spain is the largest. Uh, right. Italy second. They both produce excellent oil, and they also produce some very bad oil. Uh, but right. you're starting to see movement throughout the world. Tunisia is coming onto the scene. Tunisia has been um, a a bulk supplier to the to the big Italian uh, bottlers, and and then they ship it over here. Well, Tunisia's now like, okay, let's let's control the quality here, let's control this process and bottle it ourselves. And I think you're going to start seeing some wonderful oils coming coming out of out of Tunisia. We've seen some okay. you know, from Morocco. Uh, so I think the world, you know, there's you know, oils coming out of Chile um, and California. <laughs> California is is uh, is 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 on the move. Uh, so Excellent. I think it's really hard to narrate. You got to take it producer by producer, quite frankly. But just like okay. you would with right. wine, frankly. I was about to say, not unlike wine. So mm-hmm. the the next one I've got is from Jerry Vines from Auckland, New Zealand, New Zealand, and it says, oh. "Stu, you are very talented. Love your show. My iPod is filled with past shows. My question for Bill is, how does weather impact the olive oil industry? Thanks." Cheers to both of you. Okay. Huge. Uh, great question. Uh, I would say olive oil is probably minimally in, in, uh, influenced by terroir. No one talks about dirt, you know, right. uh, sandstone, granite, uh, but they do talk about weather. Um, the, uh, you know, they're, they're, for instance, what Tuscan oils are known for being very pungent and very bitter. The reason is, they have to pick the fruit because it's hilly country, uh, and they got to beat the freeze. Gotcha. They got to beat the freeze, okay. and, All right. and so you're going to get more pungent. Now you get down in into Tunisia, or, or let's go first before we go to Tunisia. You go over along the coast to uh, Liguria, uh, and even to along the coast uh, uh, like Lucca in in Tuscany, uh, yeah. you get milder climate, uh, much milder climate, and so those oils are much softer, much milder. 
You go down to okay. Tunisia where it's really warm. You get a lot of fruit. It's really ripe. They're big, sweet, you know, uh, uh, oils. So the climate is has is is a, is, a, is probably the biggest factor other than the the process of producing it, you know, and harvesting itself. Uh, uh, but that, it's yeah, it's a it's a very big big important uh, influencer. Okay, well there you go, Jerry from uh, Jerry Vines from Auckland. There's your answer. The next one is from Canuck Red. I love this one from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Wow. Stu, we love you up here in Canada. Need to come up here sometime and do a wine tasting. My question is: Is Bordeaux versus Napa? Uh, well, my question. I'm sorry. My question is Bordeaux versus Napa. Which do you turn to for blends, Bill? Thanks. I think I have an idea what you turn to. Yeah, I'm I'm, a, yeah, I'm an old world guy. Um, right. Went up there, but the, again, I, you know, there's, it's not a, again black or white. There are many producers, and I have a lot of I have a lot of California wine in my cellar. So, uh, sure. there's some. Hmm? So, so sure, I, yeah, actually. it's yeah, you know, it's, you you want diversity and you want to learn. Right. But if if you're going to push me, I would I would go towards Bordeaux. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'll move on to some email, more email questions. Gail Davidson from Dallas says, Hello, Stu. Thank you so much for all of your interesting programs and especially looking forward to tonight's with Bill Sanders. Uh, I'm always hearing – first question is, I'm always hearing chefs from the Food Network saying that one should never cook with extra virgin olive oil. Are they right? That's the first question. Oh, boy. She had a nerve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the information that's out there today about not cooking with extra virgin olive oil is wrong. Uh, okay. Here's the deal. It is true that dr- cooking with a poor extra virgin, a poor olive oil, even extra virgin olive oil, uh, does have a lower smoke point. But the higher the quality means those polyphenols, that bitterness, that pungency, the higher the smoke point. If you're dealing with okay. really good quality, you're probably in the 410 range. Uh, although all olive oils are, are, are the same, are not uh, all are not the same. Uh, so mm-hmm. you can cook with the, the thinking is changing completely on this. Uh, the Culinary Institute of America in Greystone has now uh, initiated a program last year through an international conference that I attended to actually re-educate uh, chefs about cooking with olive oil. You know, they're frying with it. Uh, it actually, cooking actually absorbs the uh, the nutrients into the food and actually seals the food unlike other oils and prevents the oil from actually penetrating. Uh, so you can go ahead and cook with olive oil uh, uh, quite safely. And I think the other thing is, you know, once you put food in there, it, it lowers the temperature because all food has water. And, right. you know, if you're concerned about smoke point, then you probably have no business being in the house anyway. <laughs> okay. So the second question, obviously, that is begged to be answered, and she asked it, is how can I determine quality when shopping for olive oil? Also, is it important that the bottle state the oil is cold-pressed? No. Cold-press is a outdated term. Um, okay. It it's almost the equivalent of walking into a wine store, perhaps, and saying, um, I only want to look at your wines that have alcohol. Um, it's, 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 we now use centrifuges. We don't press. Even though I have crush and press as my company, it, it sounds a lot better than, than crush and centrifuge or crush and, ex, and extraction. They use True. centrifuge to, to extract the, the oil from the paste. So cold press is is not any determinative for quality. That okay. uh, that will not help you. In fact, it's it's being removed from from bottles from top producers. I know some of my oils they actually now say cold extraction. Uh, yes. So I've, I've it's seen that before. Mm-hmm. and then yeah, just I've seen about that before determining quality. Yeah, it's, I think you're going to start seeing more and more of that. In fact, the industry would love to remove the, the words cold press, but it does have a certain you know, uh, romantic uh, uh, heritage to it, and you know, and yes, I think there's yeah, it's like nothing the wrong with the that. I think we need to cling to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like if you think about it, the stomping of the grapes. People like that. There's a romantic oh, yeah. concept behind that. We don't we don't, do, don't normally do that anymore. They, obviously, they have machines for that. Uh, it's like, and some will argue this, 
the screw cap versus the cork, the romanticism involved with that. I think you can make the parallel there as well, the comparison. Uh, Some that's an excellent like parallel. Yeah. The pop of the and cork, think, some people don't mind it. And then I think the question is just how do you, de- how you determine quality. I, I would say the most important factor is the freshest best. Look on the label and, and yeah. look at the harvest date. You want to buy the most recent harvest. And olive oil is not, this is where it's different from wine, it does not get better with age. It's oxidizing the moment it comes off the tree. So look on that label carefully, and olive oil should be consumed within 12 to 18 months of the harvest. So that's that's probably the biggest determinant is freshness. Uh, Gotcha. uh, (laughs) You guys heard it here. So now on that note, I have another commercial for us to listen to. Bill Sanders, creator of Crush and Press. Among the titles he holds, Chair of the National French Wine Society Conference, Master Level Certification for Rhone and Provence Wine Regions from French Wine Society. He is also a leading authority for olive oil globally. Bill is available for events and public appearances. Go to www.crushandpress.com and request Bill for your next function or event. So, I've got another question here from someone you may know, Mark Norman of Connecticut. Uh, no. His first question, yes, Mark Norman. His first question is... Oh, Mark Norman. Uh, oh, my gosh. Mark, yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, Mark. yes, yes. It's your, it's your we, wife's we birthday, and he said he wasn't going to be on here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I did? I so now him. we know. <laughs> Hope we don't get you in trouble, Mark. <laughs> no, no, no. I, you know, I told him. I said, you know, Mark, celebrate your wife's birthday, best wishes and all that, but you know what? Just send me an email of a question or two. And that's what he did. He was nice enough to do that. So, Mark, I'm going to thank you personally on, on the phone or actually on the, uh, on the show here. Thanks so much. And uh, he had two great questions. So he, here's his first question. Wine and olive oil have existed side by side for centuries in the form of vineyards and olive tree groves. Uh, yet it would seem that far too many Americans know very little about the tremendous variety of olive oils, much as they know just a little about the 16,000 wine grapes that exist in the world. Uh, where do you think would uh, would be helpful for the average wine lover American to go to learn about the varieties of different olives and oils that come from them? Long question, but good one though. Where and the question is where to go? Where, where would the wine lover or you know or someone who likes olive oil obviously you know they want to go to your site to purchase it, but it, um, I, I think they could also go to your site as well to learn about it as well. No. Uh, sure, sure. I think that's that that is true. Uh, but you know, there are, there are olive varieties. We call them cultivars. You know, very similar to uh, you know with grapes. Uh, there's, there's a multitude of that. Uh, right. There are uh, a number of of certainly books out there um, on olive oil today. Peggy Knickerbocker wrote a book that actually my first book that I wrote. <laughs> that I read many, many years ago uh, is, is very uh, very good. Uh, Fran Gage, G-A-G-E, just wrote a book on California oils. I'm, the name of the title of the book totally escapes me right now, but she's a very good writer, and I think it's, uh, it's certainly something up to date. Um, um, so I'm trying to – there, are, and then there are the California Olive Oil Council has um, – mm-hmm. They have a um, they have a lot of information as well. Okay. I, I would I would look I would certainly um, uh, look at their look at their website. Okay. So what you I think, probably go to good. And I think there's just something about visiting visiting an olive olive farm when you know when you're going to Italy or going to France or when you're in California, uh, just go visit the, these folks. They're they're just—they love to talk about the trees. Uh, uh, no different from from uh, the vignons or, or vintners here in California. Uh, really, yeah, visit these people and, and, and visit the harvest. Be there during the harvest. Be in that mill. Be in that mill when they bring that fruit in, and it goes up the the conveyor, and, and they wash it, and it goes into the malaxation, and then into the centrifuge. Be there and just get the capture the smell. Just the aromas, right. the aromas of there. 
I think always engage the senses as part of the learning process. You can't get it from a book. It's it's you, you just got to be there and 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 uh, and who knows? You might even go out there and and, and pick some uh, some olives off the tree too. That'll put you to work. <laughs> And you, what you're saying basically is very similar to the concept of, you know, tasting wine. So I know there's great parallels, as we've mentioned. There are wine lovers who enjoy, who are gourmands or might be gourmets, you know, who, who will actually cook and are interested in using, you know, good fresh olive oil. Um, as we mentioned on your site, you not only have olive oils, you have salts, you have uh, some desserts. You have mustards as well. So I, I want to then tell everyone again to go to www.crushandpress.com. And if you're at all interested as a wine enthusiast who are out there, who are listening, I know a good portion of you, like myself, uh, are gourmands. And I happen to cook as well, but I, I'm, I'm certainly no, at any chef's level or gourmet's level. But I'm definitely a gourmand. I definitely appreciate good food. Um, there's a lot of great information and certainly a lot of great product to be gotten at, uh, at crushandpress.com. So I'm urging everyone to, that's listening worldwide to go there and, 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 and purchase some of the, uh, the olive oil and purchase some of the, uh, the products that are there of the highest quality. And that leads me to another commercial. Let me get that going here for everyone. Bill Sanders and Stu the Wine Guru have a special deal for you. When you go to www.crushandpress.com, before you finish your purchase, enter the code STWG upon checkout, and you'll receive 10% off your product purchase. That's right. Bill wants to thank you for choosing Crush and Press for your gourmet and olive oil needs. So, I also wanted to... Uh there was actually a, a kind of a follow-up to that. Um, so I wanted to find out events that you do or events that you uh, – or people that you want people to be aware of. Um, obviously, people know that you, you're available to do uh, personal appearances uh, and to talk about olive oil and, uh, of course, wine, things of that nature. Uh, is there anything that's upcoming that, that you're going to be at that you want everyone to, to get a chance to go to, to – to be able to see you, to ask questions live of you, and so on? Well, you know, most of the, the events that I do have been pretty local. Uh, for instance, mm -hmm. the reason I'm in Lexington the last the past two evenings, I've been with a restaurant, uh, Azura Restaurant here in Lexington, uh, conducting demonstrations throughout the evening. Which it's all part of the World Equestrian Games, which are going yes. on here in Lexington, Kentucky. Um, I'm also heading back to to uh, when I get back to D.C. next week uh, with uh, Gretchen Hansen at Hobo Restaurant in, in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. We're doing a five-course yes. dinner uh, uh, with pairing wine and olive oil with each of the five courses. And I've, I just Excellent. do a lot of private events, uh, uh, you know, so just check the website, and I'm certainly available to do those. I know we're looking at doing something in Dallas soon. Um, and so just uh, check the, the events uh, calendar, and I'm always available to do, uh, to do events. I think that's what – we try to make that a lot of fun, and I think that's – you know, it's, we have olive oil parties, and, but maybe a little, little different uh, context from what the old Romans did. <laughs> um, so now are there any uh, – is there anything about the company, upcoming about the company that you want to tell everybody about and let them know? Uh, things that are going on, maybe with the website, uh, anything else that you want to impart to them, let them know that they, uh, you know, about what you're doing and, and future things that are happening with Question Press. Sure. Uh, yes, we we launched this. We launched the website uh, actually this past summer, uh, and we are going to be expanding the product line uh, uh, continually over the next year. We'll be adding more oils. I'm hoping to to bring. Right now, there's only one olive oil from California. I'm looking to bring in some uh, uh, a group of, of oils from from California. Would love to do that. Uh, also, we'll probably be adding some some oils from Tunisia. Uh, always looking to add more you know more product, and we'll be expanding that product as well. Um, and then we want to be doing uh, speaking. Uh, uh, you know, want to be doing some uh, speaking opportunities. Always looking for that. Uh, 
and mm-hmm. that that makes it fun. You know, we'd like try to make it fun for everybody. And I think the idea of uh, combining the uh, wine and and oil uh, is a great idea and a, a great way to get awareness for both. Uh, because naturally, I mean, we just take it for granted being wine lovers that everybody who loves wine, you know, uh, uh, you know, enjoys other things and. You know, it's not necessarily that way because people that enjoy olive oil may not necessarily always enjoy wine so or have an awareness of it. So when you bring the two together, which to me is just a, almost a, a given combination, uh, it's kind of nice to be able to speak on both of them with authority. And uh, I would imagine anyone listening, if you get a chance and you're in uh, Bill's parts, you're in his area, uh, his town – by all means, you make sure that you get to one of the events that he's, he's uh, running. Uh, if not, then uh, certainly if you want to have him come to you, that's another thing that you want to do. So you go to crushandpress.com and request Bill for your, your next event, your wine event, or uh, if you want to do a oil party, as Bill has just aforementioned, uh, definitely find out about that. That sounds interesting. I, I'll tell you, I'm sure there's a lot of things that go on in people's minds when they talk about an oil party. So maybe if you want to <laughs> tell them what exactly they can expect. Well, actually, I, I take people through the tasting process of, of, gotcha. of five or six oils. And we also like to combine it with, um, with wine because it, you, you have to create context. As a, a, a learning, friend, uh, learning executive friend of mine says, Content without context is is dribble, and and I think that's learning to be able to detect what is a good oil, what's not a good oil. And let me I didn't mention this earlier, but go home tonight and go into your pantry and pull out your bottle of olive oil, open it up, and take a, some sniffs and see if you get the hints of fermentation or even worse, uh, nail polish remover. If that's the case, you have a rancid olive oil. Well, there you go, everybody. That's a very good point uh, because I'm sure everyone listening has olive oil that can can or has been in there for a while, and the the thought is, oh, that's fine. I have nothing to worry about. Oil's good forever. Just like the the concept that honey actually is good for you know, you can outlive most people. Uh, you can you know, but but unlike that, olive oil obviously has a a, a shelf. Uh, shelf life. So, yeah, that, yeah, um, that, that bottle you got four, three years ago in Tuscany, uh, it's not too good. <laughs> you got to let it go, people. You got to let it go. <laughs> three years, let it go. Don't hoard your oil. That is exactly uh, right. Use it. Use it or lose use, it. Use your oil. So, so I, I guess my last question for the night is one that I ask of. This is the only one question I ask of all of my guests. So I'm going to ask it to you. Because um, all my all my questions from my guests are unique and different, and I pride myself on that. So, I, I started the tradition asking this one question of all my guests. You ready? Fire away. Okay, you can have anyone you want, Bill, and that's a statement, not a question. Uh, tell me what wine you 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 have either had that you thought after drinking it knocked your socks off is the best you ever tasted, or a wine you want to try that you're seeking out. Latash. Wow. <laughs> I left you speechless on that one. You want to think about that one? <laughs> Latash is it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I okay. think that would, I've never had Latash, and I would love to. Uh, as Alan Meadows said, that's, uh, that's proof that Tawar does exist. Well, there you go. Well, I want to thank you for sponsoring the show, for being on the show tonight. Uh, I learned a lot. I know my listeners learned a lot. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I want to thank everybody that uh, listened in, who uh, emailed, who tweeted their questions. I want to especially thank Bill Sanders for coming on the show and telling us about his company. Uh, go to www.crushandpress.com. Check out, buy his oils, buy the products there because they're really, really of top quality that you, you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, as always, if you have any questions about the show, you can email them to me at info at uh, if you have, uh If you're on Twitter, you can tweet me any questions you want, and I'll read them on the air to my guests. Uh, you can go to my website as well, www.stewthewineguru.com. Click on the link for all the wine articles, videos, and listen to all the archived wine shows and the ones that are coming up. As I always say, if it's time to pour the wine, it's time for Stew the Wine Guru. Drink up. 
Good night and good wine. Thank you so much, Bill. Uh, Thank you, Stu. Thanks, everybody, who uh, called in. (laughs) Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Take care. That's the show, everyone. Have a great evening, and be well, and enjoy wine, and enjoy some olive oil, too.